Welcome everyone to the Take Control of Your Health podcast. This is Dr. Mercola bringing you the latest cutting edge interviews to help you achieve optimal health. You can receive more information by subscribing to my free daily newsletter at Mercola.com because you won't find us on Google or Facebook. We respect your privacy and will continue to fight the Silicon Valley censorship. Thank you so much for listening. So let's get started with this week's latest program to help you and your family take control of your health. Welcome everyone. This is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health. And today we are joined by Francis Boyle, who is uh, really has quite the pedigree. He uh, had his undergraduate training at the University of Chicago and got his uh, JD lawyer degree from Harvard and also a PhD in political science. And uh, he's been quite active in the uh, protection environment from the U.S. government and their their create creative strategies for for bioweapons. And specifically, we're talking about coronavirus today. So welcome and thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me on, Dr. Uh, Mercola, and my best to your viewing audience. All right. So uh, the coronavirus um, is a virus that uh, seems to have come from Wuhan and if you're like me, most of the people in the U.S. have probably never heard of Wuhan before, but it's a pretty big city. It's bigger than New York City. There's 11 million people in this city. Uh, so obviously China is a large country with over a billion people, but it's still a large metropolis. It's not some rural urban farming community. So it's affected over 50,000 people in China as we're recording this in February, February 14th. So I'm sure it's going to be more by the time this podcast airs. And um, I'm wondering if you could provide us with your speculations as to how this uh, apparently engineered virus uh, was produced and how it came to be out of uh, Wuhan. Because it wasn't due to bat soup. We know that's for sure. Oh, that's uh, Chinese propaganda for sure. Um, well, let me back up a little. I was the one who... Uh, called for uh, U.S. domestic implementing legislation for the Biological Weapons Convention of 1972 and drafted it, known as the uh, Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989 that was passed unanimously by both houses of the United States Congress and signed into law by uh, President George Bush Sr. So as a result of this uh, uh, anti-biological warfare work going back to the uh, early days of the uh, Reagan administration that was using DNA genetic engineering uh, to manufacture uh, biological weapons, uh, I have been uh, observing mysterious outbreaks of uh, disease for both humans and animals uh, around the world since then. Indeed, my Biowarfare uh, Anti-Terrorism Act was specifically designed also not only to deal with regular biological weapons, but also with uh, DNA genetic engineering for uh, biological weapons that was uh, just coming into its infancy when the BWC was being drafted. And even though uh, the BWC would, would cover uh, uh, DNA genetic engineering, I wanted to make it clear that 
that by name that it was covered. And I also uh, made it clear it covered synthetic uh, biology as well. That was in there uh, too. So when these unexplained mysterious uh, illnesses break out, I monitor for them a while. Usually I, I just conclude they can be explained by normal reasons, uh, lack of sanitation, poverty, you know, things of that nature. But in uh, Wuhan, it, it seemed pretty suspicious to me. And uh, there is this biosafety level four uh, facility there in Wuhan. It's the first uh, in China. It was specifically set up to deal with uh, the coronavirus and SARS. SARS is basically a weaponized version of the uh, uh, coronavirus. There have been leaks before of SARS uh, out of this uh, facility. And indeed, uh, the only reason for these BSL-4 facilities, based on my experience, is the research, development, testing, and stockpiling of uh, offensive biological uh, weapons. So for that reason, I stated my opinion that uh, this Wuhan uh, coronavirus uh, leaked out of that uh, BSL-4 facility. The first reported case was December 1. So if it depends what the incubation uh, period is. Uh, the official party line is 14 days. A British health expert has said he believes it's 24 days. Uh, North Korea is taking the position it's 30 days. They have their own biological warfare experts there. So it seems to me there that was a leak at this facility maybe mid-November. It was reported up the line and the Chinese government has been lying about it and covering up ever since. And as for Wuhan and the Hubei province, sure, they're basically under martial law. There's no other word for it. If you read even the statements by President Xi and his uh, assistants, they've made it cl very clear they're at war here. And that is correct. They're at war with a, uh, uh, bio their own biological warfare uh, agent. Uh, President Xi just fired the uh, party apparatchiks uh, in charge of this and have brought in uh, trusted uh, military personnel uh, to, to handle it, as well as large numbers of. Uh, uh, PLA uh, forces saying, well, they're healthcare workers. They don't look like healthcare workers to me. So um, uh, as it's as of now, that's my best reading of the situation, doctor. So it, it appears, at least there's some stories that are out there that suggest that the uh, coronavirus originally was uh, stolen from a, a lab in Canada in Winnipeg and then brought into China at this BSL-4 facility in Wuhan. Do you have any thoughts on that? It could have been. I mean, I want to make it clear that, uh, in my opinion, they were already working on that mm -hmm. uh, at, at that Wuhan BSL-4 facility. They were working on a, uh, a biological warfare uh, weapon involving uh, SARS, which, as I said, is a uh, coronavirus to begin with. We do know that this uh, Dr. Mengele uh, Karakawa up at the University of Wisconsin, uh, he's now in Japan, I guess, 
uh, which is due north of me, uh, he resurrected the Spanish flu virus for the Pentagon, obviously for weapons purposes, and he specializes in uh, uh, mating the Spanish flu virus to all sorts of hideous uh, biowarfare uh, instrumentalities. And there was also a record then of him shipping uh, his products up to uh, Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg is uh, Canada's equivalent of our own uh, Fort Detrick. It's a BSL-4 facility. And yes, uh, they research, development, develop, test, uh, manufacture, stockpile, every type of hideous uh, biological warfare weapon that we know of. So some of this technology could have been uh, stolen from Winnipeg. Uh, I don't know about that, but as I said, uh, the Wuhan BSL-4 was, was already working on this to begin with. They had already developed SARS. SARS had uh, uh, leaked already before, two to, three, four time, two to three times before this. And it seems that they were uh, uh, turbocharging uh, SARS, which that, that's what this looks uh, to be the case. This is a brand new uh, generation of um, uh, biowarfare uh, weapons uh, we haven't seen before. Uh, its lethality goes from uh, 15%, uh, as estimated by Lancet, up to uh, 17 to 18% by a, uh, a British health official and even Chinese uh, statistics. Its infectivity is 83%. Uh, it can affect uh, maybe uh, three to four people for every, every person uh, infected. It has gain-of-function properties which means it, it travels through air uh, at least six or uh, seven feet. Uh, and it does appear now there are reports that even uh, contaminated human feces uh, give it off, that it, the human feces radiate off maybe six or seven feet. So we've, we've never seen anything like this before uh, in, in the history of biological warfare, at least in the public record. I, I want to make it clear, Doctor, I have never worked for the United States government. I, I've never had a security uh, clearance. I've never had access to any type of uh, secret information. I just read what is in the public record and the scientific record and, and try, try to draw my own conclusions. And, and that's what I'm giving you today. I, I could change my opinion if um, uh, people can provide me uh, reputable scientific uh, evidence to the contrary. I've, I've made this plea before. Uh, people will send me things that don't look very convincing. So right now I'm standing with standing by my conclusion that it, it leaked out of the uh, Wuhan BSL-4. Uh, uh, the highest level the Chinese government has known about it. Uh, they've been covering it up from the get-go until they uh, informed the WHO at the end of December. Well, this is a specially designated WHO research lab. So why is the WHO specially designating a BSL-4 uh, Nazi biological weapons lab? Because the WHO is, is up to its eyeballs in this type of work and has been for quite some time. So. You can't believe anything coming out of the uh, WHO. You really can't believe anything uh, coming out of the uh, Chinese government except negative uh, information, doctor. 
Yeah. And uh, so there's a collusion between the WHO, the CDC in the United States, and Big Pharma, who seems to be providing much of the financial support for these organizations. That is correct. And I I won't go through the long history of uh, Big Pharma uh, getting involved in in this. There's huge amounts of money here. Uh, I believe that uh, West Africa uh, Ebola pandemic originated out of the U.S. BSL-4 facility in Sierra Leone. And they were testing out a uh, so-called vaccine that contained live Ebola and, and gave it to these uh, uh, poor people. And as for the CDC, you are correct, Doctor. CDC has has been involved in uh, every type of Nazi type uh, BSL for biological warfare, uh, 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 death science you could possibly imagine. I don't have time to go through it all here. But it's a matter of public record that during the uh, Reagan administration, the the CDC and the American Type Culture Collection uh, mm-hmm. sent 40 shipments of weapons-grade biological warfare agents to Saddam Hussein in Iraq in the hope and expectation that he would weaponize these agents and use them against Iran. Uh, in the war they had uh, between them. He had already used uh, chemical weapons that uh, NATO allies had uh, uh, given to him. And of course, the problem there is when that war was over, uh, that war by uh, President Bush Sr., an order was given to U.S. military forces uh, to blow up uh, Saddam Hussein's uh, biological warfare uh, facilities. And that's not how you deal with uh, biological warfare weapons. So all that did was uh, uh, blow up, blow back in their faces, and uh, contaminated our own uh, U.S. troops. And that had a role to play, a causative factor in the uh, Gulf War syndrome uh, today that last figures I looked is have murdered about 11,000 U.S. troops and disabled about uh, 100,000 of them at least. So no one is claiming that the United States had anything to do with this coronavirus in Wuhan. Uh, Let me say those allegations have been made. Uh, I have looked at the allegations so far, uh, but I'm not convinced that the United States government did this. Uh, I think it was a leak out of the BSL-4. Certainly, if anyone has credible information that the U.S. government was behind this, I'll be happy to take a look at it. Uh, But right now, I don't see it. Although I will say this, President Xi knows exactly what happened there. And uh, I guess if uh, he concludes the U.S. government was behind this, there will be retaliation. But right now, I just don't see it that way, uh, Doctor. I I guess that may may be more appropriately phrased. There doesn't appear to be any apparent credible evidence that the U.S. is involved. That However, I would put it, and I want to clarify that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. However, you have very carefully documented that since 2011, at least your initial calculations and maybe updated to current 2020, the U.S. has spent $200 million in this bi- uh, biological warfare program. Let me which, correct that, uh, doctor. I, sure. I, don't, I don't mean any disrespect to you at all. Sure. But I mean, you're a medical professional, which, and I, I recognize your uh, professional qualifications. I crunched the numbers on this. Um, 
going from uh, the uh, uh, 9-11-2001 terrorist attacks until October uh, of uh, 2015, mm-hmm. the United States government had spent $100 billion. Yeah. I had it off by, on, by a thousand. <laughs> right. Uh, and you can, I, I gave a very extensive interview on this if you uh Sure. Want to Google Sherwood Ross? Uh, I answered his questions. Actually, I wrote the answers. Uh, $100 billion on this uh, Nazi uh, biowarfare death science dirty work. There's no other word for it. Now, to put that into perspective, doctor, uh, uh, in constant dollars, we spent $40 billion on the Manhattan Project from the time Einstein sent his letter. Uh, uh, to President Roosevelt until uh, the terrible bombings at, at Hiroshima and Nagasaki that killed 200,000 completely innocent human beings. So obviously, this is a weapons program. Uh, we have an offensive biological warfare uh, industry. Uh, as of 2015, again, the last time I crunched the numbers, we had over 13,000 uh, supposed life sciences, life scientists involved in this death science Nazi bio warfare uh, industry. Now, since 2015, I, I haven't had time to crunch the numbers, but it's about $5 billion per year. So, as of now, without going back and recrunching these numbers, I, I would say the figures since 9 11 2001 are about $120 billion. Mm-hmm. And then I haven't really had a chance to go back and crunch the numbers uh, from the Reagan administration on up to 9-11-2001. But I, I guess you'd have some, some more billion on there. Clearly, the Reagan administration, uh, under the influence of its neoconservatives, who definitely believe in biological weapons and ethnic-specific biological weapons, you can see that in the PNAC uh, report, were engaged in the use of DNA genetic uh, engineering for the purpose of manufacturing biological weapons. And that is why uh, I uh, gave a congressional briefing in Washington, D.C. in 1985. Uh, I was asked to do that by the uh, Council for Responsible uh, Genetics that I work with uh, that, that involved the leading life scientists in the world from uh, MIT and Harvard. I, I spent you know, seven years there at Harvard. I had three degrees and I knew all these uh, people and they asked me to serve as, uh, as their lawyer and asked me to give this congressional briefing. I blew the whistle and then they asked me to draft the uh, implementing legislation, which I did. So that's how far back uh, uh, publicly available figures are. Yeah, so you are uh, have been resp- uh, associated with the Council for Responsible Genetics for quite a while. I believe they first spun up in the mid '80s or so. It was 1983, a- and yeah. Dr. Um, Jonathan King, who is uh, a professor of microbiology at MIT and uh, the founder and operator, I believe, of their microbiology lab, uh, set it up, and he asked his friends there, life science friends at uh, Harvard, to join him. And I, I knew all those people. Uh, so they asked me to serve 
as a lawyer for them. You can find this on the uh, Council for Responsible Genetics um, webpage, although I want to make it clear, and, and they asked me to do specifically uh, biological warfare uh, work with them. They have uh, other agenda. They're against mm -hmm. genetically modified uh, right. food. But I, I haven't been involved in that. I've simply been dealing with uh, biological warfare. I also deal with chemical warfare. But I want to make it clear, I'm, I'm not here to speak in their name. I'm only speaking sure. in my name. But if you have a look at my book, Biological Warfare and Terrorism, uh, Professor King wrote the fork. So, uh, you know, I have the leading uh, MIT uh, professor of uh, molecular biology there uh, supporting what I'm saying, if you don't think I, I know enough science about it. So. Oh, I, I have incredible respect for this, that Council for Responsible Genetics. They were the very first professional organization to voice concern over GMOs and, of course, the, the, the genetic engineering consequences of biowarfare, for which you're, you're an expert on. So uh, you're not a newcomer to this, Gabe. You've been, you've been involved with this for many decades now. So thank you for all your diligent, perseverant work. Thank you for having this interview. I, I think it's very important for your listening audience to have or your viewing always have some idea what's going on here oh absolutely it's like our government is lying to us as to precisely absolutely. what's going on and what the dangers are i'm not here to panic anyone I, i'm here no. to give the truth as i see it and, and so your viewers can evaluate it well i'm personally not too concerned that there's a threat directly to the United States people. I mean, we have had 15 reported cases. No one's died so far. And I'm not sure that it's going to There's be a one pandemic. death in Chicago, doctor. Oh, one death. Okay, I'm sorry. Right. So. The, the, the someone came back from Wuhan, and I believe the spouse um, was involved, got it, and, and died. Okay, so, so it's, yes. it's small numbers, and I don't think it's going to impact us. But I think the implications... Well, doctor, again, even the CDC... I, I, I'm sorry to correct you on no, that. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm happy to be corrected. I'm here to learn. Not to... Today, the CDC has said that they are not optimistic about this being contained in the United States. Uh, according to a report, U.S. Uh, Northern Command uh, has uh, triggered their uh, pandemic uh, preparations. We do know that the United States military has... Uh, designated uh, several detention sites at, uh, around the country. So maybe these are all precautions. I don't know. But well, all, all I can go with is take it seriously. historical evidence, because when President George Bush Jr. Uh, was in office, he was concerned about the bird flu pandemic. And I wrote a book on it called The Bird Flu Hoax, which is a New York Times bestseller. And he projected that 2 million Americans would die. You know how many Americans died in that, that right. pandemic? Zero. You're correct. That that was another DNA genetically uh, engineered uh, biological warfare uh, weapon. It was a camera. It had three different uh, elements in it. And uh, we were all lucky that somehow they attenuated uh, the, the, the lethality and the infectiveness of, of the bird flu. That is correct. And, and it wasn't as dangerous as certainly I feared and, and others feared. And, and maybe this will prove to be the case here. But if you look at what's going on there in China, it doesn't look very good, doctor. No, no. Well, that's where the epidemic started. And, you know, there's no flights going, essentially no flights 
going in and out of China. So they're, they're, they're holding that spread. Uh, and you know, I'm just, I just don't believe it's going to personally impact the United States very much. Economically, it will be because of the, ch- the enormous impacts on the supply chain of the raw materials that China feeds the world with. So, that, I mean, this is going to be a serious economic impact on the world, not just China. So no question about say, that. Doctor, I certainly hope you're right. Yeah. That, that this will uh, be able to be contained. Um, yeah, but let, let's explore the, the more obvious and concerning implications. You know, they, they put in $120 billion at least, more so than the Manhattan Projects. And, and to the best of our knowledge, I really haven't implemented this yet, except at least as far as I can discern, shortly after 2001, where they had the anthrax scare, and they used that as the impetus for signing the Patriot Act, which is the first start in taking away our political freedoms and making this a, a ty- tyrannical state. That is correct, doctor. Yeah. Now, so also, to me, that's more concerning than the infection. Well, let me also uh, amplify uh, on that. The, uh, what's called a Marathrax uh, came out of a U.S. government biological uh, warfare weapons lab and uh, program. And I publicly blew the uh, whistle on that in the uh, first weekend of November 2001. The Council for Responsible Genetics was having its convention at uh, Harvard Business School, and I was chairing a panel with uh, Dr. King and our other experts on biological warfare, on U.S. biological warfare uh, programs. And as I was uh, uh, Going, walking into the Harvard uh, Divinity School, uh, Fox TV had a camera crew there, and I said, obviously, this came out of a, a U.S. biological weapons uh, uh, program uh, and probably Fort Detrick. Mm-hmm. And then I went and conducted this session and, and made the uh, same comment that I came back here. I made a comment to a Washington, D.C. Uh, radio station to that effect. Then I made a comment to that effect to the uh, BBC. So everyone in the world heard me. And then at that point, someone gave an order that I was never to be interviewed again by any mainstream news media on biological warfare programs. And that's been the case since the um, first week of uh, November. That is correct. And they used that uh, Amerithrax uh, to ram the... uh, Patriot Act through. That is correct. You are perfectly correct. And as I pointed out in my book, Biowarfare and Terrorism, I think the same people who were behind the uh, 9-11 terrorist attack were also behind the uh, uh, Amerithrax. But, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm just, I'm just connecting uh, dots there. But yeah. I think you are certainly correct, as I pointed out well, in my book. The reality yeah. is we lost a lot of freedom as a result of this. That's indisputable fact. No we question. In a police state, doctor. Yeah, after, that's exactly. And that's the primary concern. And then they, they're adding censorship on after, that. They've, they've censored after, you. They've censored sorry, after that, you know, I immediately went out and reread Orwell's 1984. Mm-hmm. Doctor, and that is the type of state we are living in today. You are perfectly correct. And I, I gave... Uh, lecture up in uh, Chicago at DePaul Law School uh, to lawyers, not law students in the Chicago area, on the uh, uh, totalitarian nature 
of the USA Patriot Act. And then we have the, you know, FISA's and everything else. And Snowden has correctly pointed out, you know, the federal government uh, is spying on everything we, we say, all of our electronic communications, you name it. And again, the proof is I've been completely blackballed out of uh, all U.S. media. Indeed, if you go back and look at the uh, Marathrax attacks, they also hit uh, mainstream new U.S. media to make it clear to them that if they covered this issue, they will be killed too. So the mainstream New York media is simply not not uh, uh, contradicting the uh, party line uh, coming out of the CDC, NIAID, National Institutes of Health. I mean, they're all in cahoots together with this uh, Nazi biological warfare work. So you're perfectly correct, Doctor. Yeah, well, I don't know that it need any additional threats because most of the news media are owned by just a few corporations. That's it. So they just have to control them from the top down and everyone, everyone falls in line. And, and it's not just the federal government. It, it's the largest, uh, the companies that are the largest monopolies in the history of the world, like Google, that has essentially a, is a surveillance uh, tool on steroids through all their different devices, their, their Android phones, their Google Chrome, their browser, uh, their, their, email system, um, their search engine. I mean, they're, ju they're just surveilling the entire population. And, and the sooner people begin to understand that and take uh, uh, evasive actions and against that, then you know, the, the more we'll be able to preserve our privacy. But I'm wondering, in, in light of this incredible investment and the, the incredible knowledge and biowarfare agents they've already developed, and, and you're one of the leading experts in the world on this. What is your projection as to what might happen? Or what do they plan on doing with this? Because other than the Patriot Act implementation, I don't see any major implementation of this investment at this point. Not yet that we know of, but yeah. It's, yeah. it's all there ready to go, except they all, they've used the Amerithrax. That was uh, super weapons grade anthrax, one trillion spores per gram. Right. Uh, it had uh, nanotechnology involved, uh, silicon uh, coating, uh, and they've used it once already to get that Patriot Act. And there is still a, you know, and, as you know, anthrax does not degrade. So there's mm -hmm. still a stockpile of uh, super weapons grade uh, anthrax out there, either at Fort Detrick or but that's probably uh, the, the, somewhere the else. The tip of the tip of the iceberg of the weapons that they've developed. Right. They're, they're going to use them. That, there's no question so about what, it. What, what is your projection of how these agents might be used? What, what, can you outline some scenarios, possib that possible scenarios that might, might come to play? Well, it's not just me, doctor. Uh, well, okay. Whoever, well, with your expertise, right. let your me, knowledge. Let me, there was a uh, tabletop exercise that... Uh, Johns Hopkins University last fall. You can read about this on the internet uh, on uh, a coronavirus um, and uh, a tabletop exercise. Uh, these, that, that's a euphemism for a war game. Okay, and their estimate was that it it killed sixty five million people. You can read that in the Daily Mail. Now let me say this: Johns Hopkins is up to their eyeballs in this Nazi uh, biological warfare uh, dirty work. 
they have a, a BSL-3 facility there. Not, I, I haven't seen BSL-4, but they have a BSL-3 that they uh, proudly announced on their webpage, and they, they do dual-use offensive, defensive, biological that, warfare work. And just, so that's, doctors, and just to emphasize, that's the only purpose of these labs, is for offensive biowarfare agents. That's it. There's no other right. reason they exist. No. Doctor, let, let me back up a bit. They justify it by saying, well, they're developing vaccines. Okay. <laughs> no, no, it's very important. How do they do that? They go out around the world, and, and this is a matter of public record, and scour for every type of hideous disease, fungus, virus, bacteria you can possibly imagine. They then bring it back to these BSL-4 labs, and they develop an offensive biological agent uh, using DNA genetic engineering and now synthetic biology, which synthetic biology was set up by the Pentagon under DARPA. They paid for the whole darn thing, okay? Now, once they then have this offensive agent, they then proceed to develop what they call a vaccine because the agent is no good unless you can have a vaccine to protect your own people. So sure, they're developing vaccines to have a biological weapon, because a biological weapon uh, consists of two elements, the offensive biological warfare agent in the first place, and then second, a vaccine to protect your own people. And that is what is being done at all these BSL-4 facilities. And, you know, uh, many of the BSL-3s as well. Yeah, so, and John uh, Hopkins has a BSL-3, and they admit they do dual use. That's what dual use means, doctor. They okay. first develop the offensive biological warfare agent, and then they develop the vaccine, or the supposed yeah. vaccine. You know, could that's right. I think that's a good term, supposed, because to stand beyond skeptical of if its effectiveness is, is a very serious understatement. I just don't think they're going to work, these vaccines. Well, we'll see. Uh, I really yeah. don't know. Uh, you know, you'd have to see. That's, no one knows. That's yeah. what they were testing out uh, in uh, 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 Sierra Leone that set off the uh, uh, West uh, African Ebola pandemic coming out of the U.S. BSL-4 there, uh, run by Fort Detrick and... Uh, Harvard, MIT, uh, Broad Institute, and, and others, they were testing out uh, a, uh, uh, an alleged vaccine on the people there, which is typical uh, uh, Western pharmaceutical companies. Uh, we, you know, we test out uh, these vaccines first on poor black people in Africa. Um, and this, these vaccines, whatever vaccine they were testing out, I think it was Glaxo or something, had live Ebola in there. So that's that's what gave them the Ebola. So you're right. There's no guarantee that any of these vaccines no, are going to no, work. The you're likelihood right. is pretty low. But here, here's why I'm so uh, not as concerned about this pandemic, because I, I, I understand biology. And I know that one in five people in this world die from sepsis. That's an astonishing fact, but it's true. One in five people die from sepsis. And we have a very simple inexpensive, safe, virtually no side effects treatment for it. It's called intravenous ascorbic acid or vitamin C with small doses of thiamine or vitamin B1 and hydrocortisone. 
that rescues 85% of the people. They're not using this in China, yet there's studies going on now. They haven't been started, but they're, they're in the process of implementing them to try this therapy for, for coronavirus. So there's no doubt in my mind it's going to be effective because it's utilizing natural processes that our body was designed from time immemorial to combat these viral infections. These viral infections are not new. They may be novel. We may not have experienced them before, but we have these intrinsic protective mechanisms that can adapt to defeating, to using our own immune capacity to defeat them and not relying on some engineered vaccine. Well, we'll have to see about that, doctor. You could be right. The one yeah. uh, instance, reported instance we have of uh, treatment working to deal with this Wuhan coronavirus is using anti-AIDS drugs. Uh, there, there were doctors in uh, Thailand who put out a study and that might be working because, as far as I can tell, this Wuhan coronavirus uh, is a chimera. It has, first of all, SARS, which is a weaponized coronavirus to begin with. It has uh, HIV genetic material in there. That was uh, in a published article by the Indian scientists, which I read. You could see the pictures right there. Mm -hmm. uh, political pressure was brought to bear upon them, so they withdrew it. And probably the flu virus in there uh, as well, along with these gain-of-function properties. So if there is, it, it seems to me there's HIV in there, then uh, I, I would concur with these Thai doctors that uh, uh, anti-AIDS drugs very well might help here. And then treating people that you know, have, have pneumonia with anti-AIDS drugs. But again, I, I'm not a medical doctor. Uh, that, that's just what I've read so far. Yeah, if there's impairment in the immune system, there may be some benefit to them because obviously that's the way AIDS takes you out. That's what it's called for, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. So, uh, and that's why people die because their immune system's impaired. But th that's not how people are dying from coronavirus. They're, they're dying from shock, septic shock. They're going into failure. Well, I think we've covered all our points, right? I think so too, yes. Yeah. So I I deeply appreciate all the work you've done, not only now recently in this coronavirus, but throughout your entire career, your commitment and your dedication to the truth and the protection of humanity is, is most noble. So thank you for all your service to, to mankind. Well, thank you very much, doctor. And I, I do hope that your uh, prescription there for how to treat this works out. And I certainly hope it's not, not going to be as uh, uh, dangerous as certainly I feared. Uh, here in the United States, at least, I guess we'll have to see what happens. But what concerns me, doctor, um, is that, uh, you know, President Trump has uh, junk scientists giving him uh, advice there. Uh, and, and what really concerned me was that he called up uh, President Xi or President Xi called him up and uh, President Trump uh, commended Xi on what a great job he was doing over there. So obviously he's not getting uh, proper advice. His uh, national security advisor, uh, O'Brien, well, you know, he's uh, Bolton White. He's one of these neocons. Uh, Pompeo uh, was behind me at Harvard Law School, uh, a diehard middle, uh, militarist and Federalist Society guy. Fauci, uh, at, uh, uh, he's up to his eyeballs in biological warfare work. CDC is up to it. So I am concerned that Right now, I just don't think President Trump is getting proper advice on how to deal with this and protect the American people. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. He's, <laughs> he may be confused on a variety of issues, and this might be one of them. Right. So, 
All right. All right well, thank, thank you again. I really appreciate well, all your fine you. effort. Thank you for taking the time to do the interview.